from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. I am Chris Clark, and he is Ryan Tracy. We are back today to talk to you more about preseason game number three. But first, we have some news to dive into. Yeah, there's a ton, and there'll be more follow-up over on Chiefs Digest from Matt Derrick. Uh, and you can always check out our GR Football Apps of commentary on Monday night's Q&A, just like every week. The uh, the news of the day, Breland Speaks, Chad Hendy, both headed to IR most likely. Both came up with significant injuries. Um, let's start with, with Speaks just for, for giggles. A significant meniscus injury. Uh, normally, if it's just a partial uh, where it's a rip, uh, you can stitch that back together. It's an arthroscopic surgery. Uh, the prognosis is usually four to six weeks for mobility and then, you know, another two to get back on the field, right? Well, they announced that it's, it's three month prognosis, which means it's at least a partial manuscectomy where they take it out. And that's kind of a, a more significant thing and it offends the joy overall and its longevity as well. So this is a more significant injury than we ever thought uh, when it first happened. And it clears the way for what was a guy that I think had been ascending, had made the position change back to something more comfortable. It's, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, absolutely. And you start looking at what that means for Kansas City. You would think that Speaks was going to play a big part in their season this year. Uh, it's still possible that he plays late this season. Uh, although if there's any damage to the ACL, his season is obviously going to be done. Uh, I wasn't sure on Henny whether or not they would actually put him on IR, but it sounds like it's quite the possibility that they are going to put him on IR. And if they do that, then you have a situation where you have at least two guys with speaks and uh, Mo Claiborne going to be de- going to have to count against the opening roster. And then you're going to have two more guys added after those two go to IR or suspension. Same thing with Haney. If it, they could end up being three at that point. So, you know, we're going to see an opening day or, or we're going to see a roster that's going to be different than the opening day roster, just because of those two, at least two moves, if not three. Right. And, you know, and we've been harping all off season, you know, as you do, that injuries are the key thing in these preseason games to try to avoid. And, you know, it was a, it flew a little bit under the radar for Henny because he got hurt on a, a play, um, a twist inside the tackles flipped, uh, and caught Cam Irving out of position, you know, playing too far down. And he got run around. Uh, it was a long developing play. Um, so he can't necessarily say that it's, it's one guy's fault. But that certainly is something that we've seen a lot of trouble with this preseason. And uh, the loop came around, got Henny, and went down. I didn't notice much on the initial viewing because it was, uh, I believe, a third down play. And punt unit came in uh, just as you would normally see. And it wasn't, uh, according to Patrick Mahomes, they didn't even realize it till the next day that it was actually a fracture. Yeah, and he hobbled out. You saw it kind of after the play. So it's not too surprising that he was hurt, but uh, having it being a fracture is another thing. So Kansas City's already made a move. They've signed Matt Moore. Matt Moore will be the backup going into camp, or I'm sorry, going into the season. So you have to wonder what that means for the rest of the roster. Because now I wonder if they end up having to keep three QBs. Uh, well, they'll absolutely have to keep three QBs going into the first or after the first cut. Are they going to have to keep three QBs after the first cut? Well, when they cut down to 53, because it is all at once, I, I think they're going to go with what they need to go with. I'm not certain that they still feel it's, yes, it's delicate because Moore won't have a chance to be in the offense. Um, and we'll talk more about him and why he's here it, coming up. But it's going to be an effect. Do they, like you said, do they need that third? Do they need a guy that's been here all preseason? And clearly it's Shermer to me, if that is the case. 
Um, but you're right. That does take another position, another roster spot away from what we had thought was going to be another position. Well, and you start looking at it, and I think that that means that there's no way there's anything other than two tight ends on the roster. I don't think that there's any way that there's anything more than three running backs on the roster, four if you count, Tremont Smith if he makes the roster. Uh, so that really makes question marks uh, at a couple of different positions. But you're talking about those three. I'm talking about if they think Kenny can return later in the year and they expect him to return later in the year, are they going to keep him and Matt Moore on the roster? to get to a point where they have to eventually have maybe bring Haney back later in the year. I would think that'd be almost a wasted uh, designated to return later in the year, but it might uh, be, but then again, it's what the second most position on your team, the second most important. Yeah. But they, when they originally signed Haney, they originally tried to bring in Matt Moore. Now they have Matt Moore. So the question to me is, is do you save that position for somebody else that may get hurt down the road? And it's going to be up in the air. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. It's certainly a situation that will, will come back to, to cause some minutia. I can see them putting Henny to IR, bringing him back later. That would mean the end of Moore most likely because. I don't think you want to keep the investment. I haven't seen the numbers on the more signing yet, uh, but it's going to be more than it would be to, to bring in Sherman or have him or whatever, uh, Shermer and keeping guys on the practice squad. It should work out for them. Uh, that said, uh, there will be more impact of more and we'll cover that in the next segment as we go to this break, folks. That's the story of the day. And that's, that's really the top of it and how it kind of sheds down on the rest of the roster. We'll be right back. Long day at work, or are you still stuck in the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first $15 order when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code Locked On. So, like you said, it's not just the quarterback position that's affected on offense, and we'll get to the defense and what it means here in a little bit. Uh, but Henny is a guy, and he should be able to be in the room so that helps with the study aspect, the film aspect for Pat Mahomes. But it leaves them basically without a safety net. And that's why you saw in a single morning from announcing the injury to signing a new backup, clearly they feel that neither Sherman or Shermer or Litton are ready to be the backup heading into week one. Yeah, and nothing about their play has really suggested that either of them should be able to be the number two QB at this point. Uh, Henny's been far and away above both of them in practice and in games. Uh, so it, it's not surprising that they made this move to go get another veteran quarterback. You know, the other thing about it, and, and this is something that we'll have to watch this season and going into next year is are the, how long are the Chiefs going to continue to keep a veteran like Henny or more behind Mahomes? Because at some point, I mean, starting next year, you you will end up paying Mahomes more money. So is that going to continue to be a, a thing where you're going to have another quarterback on the roster that you're paying 3 or $4 million a year that you hope never plays? I'm not well, saying the value's not there, but it just it's a question. Yeah, absolutely. And as you look down the line of some of the big contracts coming, um, obviously Mahomes, Hill, Jones, there's going to be others. At some point, there's going to be a premier corner that has to be signed. I don't know that it's Kendall Fuller. Uh, but there's going to be a big signing at the cornerback position eventually. So yeah, that, that, that makes it harder to designate that chunk of salary for a backup that never plays. And you gotta hope that and right now, I, I would say it's, it's Shermer in the lead for definitely the practice squad, but you gotta hope that some young guy who's very cheap on a rookie contract can step up and be that guy that they have enough confidence in to run 
the offense without having to totally redesign it because Pat Mahomes may have to miss a couple games. Yep. And obviously you hope Mahomes never misses any games, so this is all a moot point. But with the way he plays, the the likelihood of an injury at some point is, I'm not going to say significant, but it's up there a little bit more just because Mahomes likes to wait until uh, he and make the best play he possibly can, which is going to open himself up to injury down the road. Well, Patrick, if you're listening, when you think, hey, I should probably slide, just do it right then. Don't wait for the extra five yards. <laughs> Absolutely. You definitely don't want to go down that road. Uh, you know, and then you start looking at the Speaks situation. Speaks is going to be a guy that I think they're going to miss this year. I think that they were, I think he looked a lot better this year than he did last year. He looked a lot more comfortable in his position and he looks like he was ready to make a contribution. But I will say this, there is a silver lining in this. If he is able to come back late in the season, that's going to be a blessing in disguise because they're going to have another pass rusher that's going to be fresh, that's going to be getting, that's going to be ready for the playoff push. That's true. I, I will say this. It does worry me a little bit trying to hope that he will be able to contribute after a three month layoff because we saw him come in the camp heavy. We saw him have to play into his play weight and he has dropped some. And I, I feel like if he's unable to rehab or, or to get his conditioning in, I worry about how effective he's going to be coming off of a three month layoff. But like you said, if it's rotational, it's, it's spelling Frank and Okafor and honestly, Tano at this point. Uh, I think that's going to help and it keep everything moving. Um, it, the good thing as well is if they sustain any injury during the season to the interior group, uh, when he does come back, you got to think that he can fill in a D tackle as well. So that it's a nice going back to what this team is, is prioritizing in versatility. Absolutely. And he's a good player. I think he's going to be a good player for this organization. It sucks that he's down with another injury or with an injury. Uh, I, I think he was going to be a player that was going to contribute at least on a semi-regular basis during the season this year. Um, and, like I said, it's possible he still does late in the season, uh, but it really depends on what they find when they actually do the surgery and what, when that gets announced. If there was any ACL damage, he's done for the year and he won't be back. Right. And then that has not been said yet. There is a little bit of rumor out there. Definitely had a strain on the MCL, which should heal in the same timeline as the meniscus. So that shouldn't be a problem or a complication at that point. But again, like Chris said, if, if there's any. You know, stretching or, or any kind of laxity of the ACL. That's, that's a much different issue. We saw that with Justin Houston, who had an ACL basically stretch on him. Didn't, didn't rupture, but it leaves the joint with a little bit of slack in it. And that can be terribly painful as well as instable and for the ability to, to rupture everything in the future. Yep. And then that can cause you more significant missed time later down the road. You know, I hate injuries. I hate the, you know, you have injuries in preseason. It's, but it's the reality of playing football moving past all this, how the roster is shaped based on the backup QB going down and the third, I would think maybe third or maybe even fourth defensive end going down. You're still going to have questions on how they're going to structure the roster because now the question becomes, does that auto Ocho make the roster? I mean, I think it's possible. I don't I, think you'd make it before. Right. I, I honestly, my head first goes to Emmanuel Agba, uh, because of the versatility. He did play some, uh, with the second unit at end against the 49ers with speaks on the sidelines. Um, so clearly it's not 
again, not just a guy who's at one position. He's not just the D tackle. They feel they can line him up there. I didn't see anything spectacular from him, but I thought he, he held the edge all right when they ran out to his side. I think that's okay. Uh, if you're looking at him and Matano as, as your backups at end, okay, I think that's passable. But you have a very good point, Nata Ocho, who I think is, again, like I said yesterday, kind of like that tweener guy who they, they played off the ball, they played him on the ball. He can do a little bit of everything. He's not spectacular at anything. But this might be the Frank Zombo effect. Could be. And if it is, it is. But that's not a great situation for Kansas City. I, I do like that Tano has, has come on. I think that that shows that he is going to have value on this team. They're going to be able to use him in multiple different positions, just like they were going to be able to use speak. So I think that it's a great value to have Tano there. Um, you start looking at what this means for other players on the roster. It could mean Ogba is going to make the roster. You're right. You know, we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out and how he plays in the fourth preseason game. You know, lots of question marks as to how different people are going to be on this roster and, and who. Uh, but, you know, if Henny is on the roster as of the final cutdown, that means that they think he could possibly return this year, which to me would be a little surprising if they go that direction because, like we've all been talking about all offseason, this roster stacked. They're going to have to cut people that they don't want to cut, and you're going to be taking a chance. Hey, absolutely. There's too much talent at this point. There's still places where they're, they're short on talent. So there's still, I think, right now, an opportunity to make changes to the roster before you have to get to the cutdowns. Now, time is quickly approaching for that to happen. I think we have, what, now, uh, four days, right? So th- they got to get on their horse and ride. But I think what we'll do, we'll take our break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some of those options, maybe in trade, uh, maybe moving forward, who could be cut and how it's going to be arranged. It's a little more complex on the offensive side. We'll be right back. The new Locked On NFL is on fire with new host Brian Peacock joining Matt Williamson for your daily national podcast on all things NFL. Check out Locked On NFL. Now, first and foremost, Lamar Miller went down in Houston. Looks like it's an ACL tear, and there's a lot of of commentary about the fact that he got I think Hyde played two snaps, was it? Yeah, something you know, like Hyde, that. Hyde clearly has been he's either being protected because they don't didn't want an injury to him or they're done. They've seen what they needed to see, and he's not going to make this roster. So at this point, I would be screaming out for anybody who wants an RB that has any experience because the problem is expectations out there are, you know, the clowny thing, that's not even close to a reality. There Carlos Hyde has zero value compared to Damian Clowney. So don't get your hopes hung on that one. And I don't know why you'd even want Clowney here in the first place. And it's not necessarily because he's not a good player. It's because you have to pay so many people. You cannot afford to pay him. Yeah, he's a sinkhole at this point. You can't make a trade where you give up draft value and then have to pay the guy on top of it. Uh, You just did that with Frank Clark. So it's a one-per-team kind of situation. Well, and I like Frank Clark. I think it's going to be a great signing for Kansas City. But long-term, you can't have both those guys on the roster. So uh, good luck. I don't know. And I've seen people, I saw Daniel Jeremiah tweet out the other day, Jadavian Clowney for Tyree Kill. Why? That makes no yeah. sense. I, I no. don't get where this, I mean, I, I get that people have been contemplating whether or not Tyree Kill will get traded. I can't see it happening, but I really can't see it happening for a position at DN. No, not at all. I mean, first and foremost, it, there is no reason the team would want to trade them. They didn't stick through all this hubbub with Tyreek Hill all offseason to then turn around and trade him. Uh, that's not what you do. And 
Trez Paler has even said they have no interest in doing that. And if you d- can't trust Trez Paler to have contacts within the organization, then you're barking up the wrong tree because nobody does. And I will tell you this. Not only is Hill arguably the best receiver in this league, maybe you could make a, you know, a couple of comments about Julio or whatever, top three at the very most. Jadavion Clowney is at best a top 25, maybe even a top 20 end, but he's certainly not the pass rusher that you would pay high dollar contracts to because he is better against the run than he is against the pass. He's a tweener. I don't think he's got a good attitude and I don't think that he's committed to any team. He's committed to his future and getting paid and that's about it. Well, and he's injury prone lately as well. So, uh, you know, lots of questions there. And I, I just have to throw this out there since we're talking about the Tyree Kill situation. If you saw ballers last night, the Chiefs are for sale and the Rock is buying them. That's right. funny. Right. I, I had to comment on that, too. I think it's a great show. I didn't realize this was the last season of it, Neither um, did which I. is unfortunate. But they announced that last night. And, yeah, in, in the HBO world of, of fiction, uh, the team – is not happy about Hill and, and has decided that the hunts are just out of the football business, which I think is, is kind of comical, uh, given that they're one of the founding families. <laughs> but, Extremely comical, but yeah. yeah. That's what happens though. If you're going to, if you're going to take somebody, might as well make it nonsensical, right? Cause this is a fictional well, story. And we knew that they were going to, that the chiefs were going to be heavily involved in hard knocks because one of the promos showed Dwayne Johnson walking around at the chief's facility or what looked like the chief's facility. So it wasn't surprising that. The Chiefs were going to be involved, but this storyline is going to be interesting to watch. And folks, I know we're not here to comment on television, but you know, we just thought it was a nice tie in, but, but what it does tell you is that things are changing along that storyline. Things are changing on this roster and the defensive part is pretty straightforward. Like we've talked about on the offensive side, because of the position that Henny plays, bringing in more clearly on the roster again, do you save a third spot? I don't think you can at this point. So what does that do to the rigmarole of having Henny on the roster with Moore and Mahomes? That's three on day one. Then you have to cut or, or send him to IR. The rigmarole back and forth means you probably have to not slot a receiver for your day one roster that you want to get back. And that can be troublesome. Um, like you said, uh, Tremont Smith's a returner. I don't think uh, you can count him amongst the three running backs. I think it is three running backs and Sherm. I, I don't think they want to step outside of that. So that, again, is another position lost. Yeah, and what are you going to do with um, with Yelder? Uh, he got hurt. Is he going to be able to play, or is he? Or what are they going to do with him? Because you can't really carry a third tight end on the roster with all the other question marks at other positions you have right now. Where are they going to go short? I really don't know. I They have such great depth at so many different positions, it's really hard to figure out where they're going to go short to be able to keep some of these guys on the roster that they have to keep in order to have a chance to have them back later in the year. Absolutely. I, I mean, the only two places, I think Yelder is either going to be released or go to IR himself. Uh, I, we would have heard something about him coming back if that was going to be in the cards. Uh, I think it's probably a rehab issue at this point, but I think... Or why not put him in IR now? Only because if you, if you did want, if you were originally looking to keep the three tight ends, you didn't want to have to use that return designation. So you're trying to hold out as long as you can to see what else happens. Now this is kind of forcing your hand. So I feel like they have to do that. And I feel like they're going to have to, um, probably let a, a wide receiver go as well, at least on day one to turn around and sign him right back and just, you know, ask him to, to shut his phone off in the meantime. Oh, I know who they're going to sign. I know who they're going to do that to. That's easy. Sure. 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You, you should be able to move your roster around in a way that guys that have put this much work in are going to want to stay on this roster. I mean, there's a reason people come to this roster. There's a reason Matt Moore came out of retirement to sign as a backup, having not played at Andy's system before. Yep. It's because there's a shot at a Super Bowl. Well, and you look at, I'm, I bet, mo- I would bet money. I would bet thousands of dollars right now that one of the wide receivers that's cut that nobody expects to be cut right now is DeAnthony Thomas. And I guarantee it's, I would almost guarantee it's him because they know he hasn't been touched this entire offseason. They can bring him back the day after. Yeah. And they know that he is going to not want to go anywhere else. Uh, he's and like, he yeah, I can get here. an afternoon off and I'll be right back. Right. He wants to be here. So, uh, you know, I think that he's going to be one of the guys. The question is, who else is it going to be? Because you'll start looking at some of the other positions. I really don't know where they're going to go short, but they're going to have to somewhere. It's tough. Um, you know, and I have to, I have to question just how the development of Allegretti and McKenzie works out after this part. Uh, and do they try to be sly and cut the one of them? And get him in the process class so they only have to carry eight in this first initial flurry at the beginning of the season. I don't know. I, I have to wonder if it's not Jeff Allen. Possibly. Uh, again, a similar situation where you signed him, you don't want to let him go. He's going to be on the roster, but uh, again, another guy that isn't going to go elsewhere. Right. Those are two guys that you know that you can, you can make an arrangement with. Hey, we, we have to do this for the good of the team. We'll bring you right back as soon as we're possible. I don't, I don't think that should be an issue. Um, you know, other than signing bonuses and whatever else. And I don't think either of those are big enough numbers that you're concerned with these two guys. Right. You would hope so. Uh, the roster rigmarole, as you were saying earlier, is going to be very interesting this season because they have so many question marks. We are going to know come Friday, when we do Friday show, we will have a pretty good idea of who's going to be on the roster because you will see who does not play at all in preseason game number four. Absolutely. And you know, this is, uh, I have to say, I'm about to go rip up my, my final roster prediction. Um, because I think it's probably going to be adjusted quite dramatically because of these two injuries. And let's hope just cross all of your fingers that nothing else happens because there's still the possibility that, especially at the backup tight end position, um, due to drops in particular, that there could be a tight end cut elsewhere that they want to bring in. There, there's definitely some more whirlwind coming as as these teams across the league cut down, uh, and the Chiefs may be looking to pick somebody else up as well. You'd have to hope that they're looking at, at corner as well as tight end. So, oh, man, so many things to go on this week. It's going to be a fun week for sure, uh, but it is definitely going to be a busy week. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to touch base with Matt Derrick. Uh, we'll probably get Seth back in depending on schedule. And we might have a couple new guests for you coming as well. This is a really tough time. And I know that you all are kind of tired of the ifs and the whens and the things like that. It's almost here. The roster's almost set and it's almost week one. So just bear with us a little bit longer. We're all going to get there and be able to actually talk some regular season actual football. So we're looking forward to it. Hope you guys are. Thanks for listening today. Check back with us tomorrow and we will talk to you then. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.